0: Shooting under perfect conditions isn't that difficult, but that's not hunting. Today, we're going to talk about shooting under pressure. This is the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast, where the focus is on all the questions you wish were answered in the classroom and quite a few more. So, whether you're an accomplished lifer or a complete newbie, and you're looking to discuss all topics hunting in an entertaining and unfiltered way, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eric Jaitner. Alright, so we all have that situation where we didn't make the shot we wanted to while we were out hunting. Now let's be honest, anybody can shoot X's all day when the weather is nice, you don't have a pack on, you're able to fully set your base, you're not feeling like your heart's about to explode, you didn't just run up that hill, you're not cold, you're not wet, you're not tired, you don't even have the adrenaline pumping. But let's face it, all of those conditions are hunting. You're going to be cold. You're going to be tired. And whether or not you ran up that hill, the adrenaline's going to have your heart beating at a million miles a minute. And that's what you got to train for. So when I was in the military, we used to run drills where we would run and then shoot. Or we would run and then we would work a problem. And the idea was to try to elevate your heart rate. It was supposed to simulate adrenaline. I don't know that it so much simulated adrenaline as it just simulated being tired. But either way, it was going to help. Because in the real world, you weren't going to be just standing there nice and calm. No big deal. You were going to be breathing hard. And your heart was going to be beating way faster than it normally is. And that was the easiest way to simulate it. So I figured out that the same principle holds true for hunting. And you can go ahead and you can take your backpack or you can take your tree stand or you can do a lot of different things at the range to better simulate a hunting scenario. So let's think about it. Like, if you're out hunting, you're not going to have a bench rest with you. That doesn't mean you're not going to have a rest. It just means you're not going to have that perfect Nice bench rest. If you can get yourself into prone position and actually make the shot on a bipod, that's going to work. But just think what else you have around you. You've got your pack. Most frame packs you can take off. You can put your rifle on the top. You can lean it into yourself. And there you go. You've got a seated rest. You've got your bipod. I carry a bipod on my rifle, on my air rifle, on my muzzle loader. I think a bipod is an invaluable tool and just a small bipod. It's just like a six or an eight inch bipod doesn't even extend. But the point of it is, is if there's a tree there, I can kick the bipod leg out and then I can lean into the tree with my hand on the tree and it creates a rest using the tree. Likewise, using my pack, if I lean my pack into it and that bipods down, it catches on there. Well, that creates a nice, solid rest. If you do have a fallen tree or a rock, you're not resting your rifle on that tree or that rock. You're more able to get a level, flat, supported shooting platform. And hey, everybody's seen it. And if you got a really good buddy, if push comes to shove, just tell him to plug his ears and use his shoulder. It sure beats shooting freehand. Okay, so other than manipulating the position you're going to be shooting from, something else you need to work on at the range is shooting with your gear on. Like I said, anybody can shoot X's all day long in shorts and a t-shirt on a nice sunny day where you might as well be out sipping a beer and sitting by the pool. That type of weather, though, is not hunting weather always. Sometimes you get lucky, and it is. But even then, you're probably going to be cold in a much thicker gear. So the big ones you're going to want to look at is your backpack. I've noticed having a backpack on while you're trying to shoot, especially with archery equipment, makes a big difference. It really does force you to focus on your form and to actually focus on follow through and making a good shot. The other thing that you're going to want to look at is going to be your clothing. What are you going to be wearing in the field? You're probably not wearing shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops. You're probably wearing an insulated jacket of some sort. Maybe you got your soft shell over a puffy jacket. Something like that to keep yourself warm. Well, that's going to create a lot different feel shooting both your rifle and shooting your bow and arrow. Especially shooting your bow and arrow because your sleeve has a tendency to catch on the string, and that's going to throw your arrow off. Finally, what you're wearing and what's on your back could be the same thing, but if you're in an elevated position shooting from a tree stand, or if you're in a ground blind, you're going to have confined quarters in both cases, and it's not going to be as comfortable unless you have practiced. My first time shooting out of a tree saddle was... We'll just say interesting, even with the little platform moving around the tree, trying to make the shots from 360 degrees. It took me three or four days of consistent shooting, usually for about an hour in the evening to get comfortable moving around and doing it. I just, the first day, 20 yards was a hard shot because I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel steady. I didn't feel like I was grounded on the platform, but I'm really glad I learned that when I was practicing instead of when I was actually hunting. And the point was I wasn't stable. I didn't take as much time locking myself into the tree to make sure that my platform, my base was stable. So it was basically like I was trying to shoot from a moving platform. That's like trying to stand on a boat and shoot at something. You're moving, it's moving, everything's moving, and you're trying to make a pinpoint accurate shot. It's really not the best scenario. So instead, I realized that I had to really use my feet to lock myself into a specific position while maintaining the proper T form so I could make a shot. And even then, if the wind blew or whatever and it moved the tree, yeah, you're still moving, but you're not moving as much as when you're just on your two feet. Even the same thing when you're shooting from a tree stand, just forcing yourself to understand how to hold still and get your body in one sp- position that's not your normal shooting position, but then execute the shot. I highly recommend shooting from a tree stand if you're going to be doing it a ground blind the same thing because you have a cramped conditions especially if you're shooting archery you've got to figure out how to draw that bow back inside that tent and make a good shot and remember it's going to be dark in there make sure you can see your pins make sure you have your fiber optics set up to actually gather enough light to see your pins so you can put a good shot out there Finally, this is when we're gonna hit the range. Elevating your heart rate. Okay, we all know hunting is hard work. You're gonna do the work ahead of time, you're gonna do the work during, and you're definitely gonna do the work after the shot. So standing there with your heart rate sitting at 65 beats a second, just kind of relaxing, having a good time, shooting the breeze with your buddies, that's really not what you're going to be feeling when you finally get that shot at an animal. Your heart's going to be pounding, whether you've been sitting in a tree stand or not, whether you've been hiking up and down or finishing off a stalk. your heart's going to be pounding. The adrenaline will make sure of that. And, you know, honestly, if I stop getting that feeling, maybe it's time to hang it up. Because if it's not fun anymore, well, then I don't know what I'm doing it for. But you're going to have your heart pounding so one way that you can like i alluded to that you can simulate this is doing quarter mile sprints in between shots or 200 yard sprints hang your bow set your rifle up do a 200 yard sprint get back lock in aim fire the shot make a good shot repeat do that Five times, do that four times, see how you do, and then practice that over and over again. Don't just do it once and say, oh, I'm good. This is something you need to do for weeks leading up, and you're going to find that you're going to get better at it. The first day, you are going to want to give up on this one. I know I do every time. It makes me feel, well, completely worthless as a shooter. We'll put it that way. I can't seem to hit anything. 20 yards is a hard shot with the bow. 50 yards is a hard shot with the rifle. It's just something's wrong. But if you do it for a couple weeks, two or three times a week, you're going to find that as you do this, your body gets used to settling yourself back down, locking in, following the shot sequence. Your body will get used to doing this on command. And that's going to pay huge dividends in the fall. If you start in August or if you start, you know, July, middle of July, beginning of July, and you start doing this every couple days, maybe twice a week, maybe three times a week, you're going to notice big dividends when it comes time to actually hunt. So that's getting yourself used to physical exertion and getting your heart rate up. But if you really want to work on getting your adrenaline up most of us are highly competitive so well might as well go ahead and try some competitions most states are going to have 3D archery competitions now they're not serious but let's be honest everybody in their back in the back of your mind you want to do your best to try to win that's how that's how we're wired that's just what we are. That's, that's how people are. We want to win. So it's going to help you. Now, if you don't really think you have a chance on winning, even though you kind of have that, I want to do, you know, I want to win. Well, it's not going to be the same thing as having a bull elk standing at 30 yards. You're just not going to have that same adrenaline rush. Now, if you're, you know, shooting for, you know, winning a tournament, Yeah, you probably do have a pretty similar effect. But if you're not in it to that point, well, that's okay. You're still trying to do your best to simulate the adrenaline. So something else you can do there is obviously you're going to meet a lot of different people who have similar interests. And I highly encourage you to talk to these people. Most of them are nice people. And you'll probably form... Archery friends. And what's great about that is the next time you go to a 3D shoot with your archery buddies. Now you have someone specific who you get to compete with. And I highly encourage target by target wagers. Because that way you're not worried about who wins the overall. So there's no point where you're going to just be like, all right, whatever. I've got it won, or he's got me beat because if you're doing it target by target, every target is up for, uh, up for grabs. So there, you just always have that adrenaline rush. And you guys can set your own rules. I've done ones here in San Diego with some friends where what the rule was was we were gonna show up, but we were gonna show up in exactly what we were gonna be wearing for the first week of hunting. So we showed up with our packs and our camelbacks on. Everything was exactly, we basically had our gear exactly how we were going to go out. All the optics were on. The weight was exactly the same. We were going to go out. And we shot a 3D course that way. And, you know, we got a few looks. It was San Diego County. I don't think everybody was really sure what was exactly going on. But we used it as a way to get in, to tune up for our first big hunt in September. And it paid dividends. We learned exactly how we had to balance with the pack, how to shoot with the pack. The first couple targets were tough, but then we settled in and we figured out, okay, yes, that's right. I got to focus on my form again. Not everything is happening exactly the same way it was just on the range the other day. And the last thing, now this one can get expensive, but let me tell you, it's a lot of fun. If you're just out, say you're out turkey hunting or deer hunting with your buddies and you're going in for lunch and you're deciding, hey, when we get done here at the end of the day, we're going to go grab a beer. Well, a fun game we used to play, me and one of the other guys I was in the Navy with, we would do the closest to the rock or the closest to the tree stump wins. Now, obviously, You wanna aim as close as possible to the rock. And out here in California, we got a lot of big rocks. So you'd aim as close as you could to the rock. But remember, if you actually hit that rock, you broke your arrow. So sometimes winning was kind of losing. And you gotta think about it. If you're only buying a round of beer, you're talking about, what, 10 bucks? If you're getting good beer, those arrows are expensive. But when you wanna win, you're going to push it pretty close and it really does make for a good time out in the field. So that about covers it. These are some things that you can do during the off season or during the hunting season to make yourself more effective in the woods when it's actually time to make that shot. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast. And as always, if you have questions, please email us at questions at beyondhuntered.com or you can find us on the web at www.beyondhuntered.com